Hi, Money Makers. Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, <laughs> share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. So I saw a tweet recently where the person was alluding to the fact that 100k a year is not sufficient or it's not good money for you to earn and i just thought that was very not practical maybe if you're living in like san francisco or new york like new york new york not like surrounding areas i could see how that might because of like you know federal state tax and maybe if you have student loans and credit card debt or whatever i can see how like that might be a little bit hard but you could definitely make it work but when you're just like with no context at all, just like this is not enough money. Even 100K in those cities, if you plan right and budget well, you're doing good because there's some people who are earning way less than that and surviving in those cities. And I've been noticing that trend recently on how like people who are a lot younger are feeling like they're not achieving anything because they feel like financially they are worse off or they're not doing good enough. Even though they have decent jobs, they've graduated from college and achieved so much for themselves. And I was, you know, researching why this is the case. And it's because of the uh, constant comparison on social media about where they are financially. And I wanted to bring some statistics into play here because... When you look at the data at first, you think, oh my gosh, whoa, you're not doing really good. But when you explain the data, you're like, okay, I can see when the data is presented without context, why people will read into it that way. Because on average, people who are 35 or less, their net worth is around 76300 And you're like, oh my gosh, so I don't even have X dollars to my name. However, when you look at the median net worth, which is 50%, right? Because average, sometimes the data is messed up because of outliers. It could be skewed to whichever side, giving outliers. So obviously, there's some people who are really young. Uh, we're seeing on YouTube where some people are earning $12 million, TikTok and cool. So that we have those outliers. But when you look at the median, it's 13900 Wow, 13,900. 13, That's the net worth of 35 and less. And this data was in, I created in 2019. I think that's the recent, according to NetWallet. But that's where we're at. And when you look at that, you realize they have been false perceptions on how to get wealth. And it's almost like there's a time clock or like, there's a deadline and there isn't because this is literally a journey. So I guess I wanted you to talk about what are practical things you can control in order to build wealth consistently since this is a journey as opposed to like, oh, you've run out of time, you know, too bad for you or that constant unrealistic pressure that, hey, you're supposed to have your house at 26 or 25 and you're supposed to have six figures by this age or whatever, which is not bad. It's good to aspire for those things. But I don't think that your failure, given inflation, given salary disparities, just how everything is, given all of those factors, what would you say that young people should have when it comes to building wealth? Yeah, that's a great question. I definitely agree with everything you said. 
I think the very first thing is to reduce social media use. I think this might be a funny suggestion, but apart from the fact that social media takes up a lot of your time, yeah. and not just your time, your focus, you know, look at how distracted we are today, where able to, to, you know, you have a notification from your phone from all the different social media websites. So it actually affects your productivity. But not only that, this is one of the things that really facilitate and aid the comparison. Even LinkedIn is no longer safe. <laughs> Before LinkedIn was kind of like, okay, let me go there to network apply. But now if you open LinkedIn, you know, you see people who are 21 years old completing a PhD, people are 25 and already making five, six million every year, which these are great things and things that you could possibly aspire to. You know, but one thing we need to realize is that everyone's journey is different. So mm-hmm. I think the very first thing everyone should do is really assess where they are financially. Sure. You know, pull up your bank statement. What is the inflow? What is the outflow? What's really coming in every month? What's really going on every month? Then from there, you can start to think, okay, you know, are my expenses, are they too many? Is there some stuff I can cut out? Am I eating out too many times? Am I spending too much on coffee? Because I know many people say that, you know, a cup of Starbucks coffee is not going to make you wealthy. But I think, especially for younger people in school, many of them don't really have much. And if you're if they buy that cup of coffee from Starbucks every day at their level, it will actually affect them financially. And not just financially, in my opinion, delayed gratification may be okay. If it's Starbucks, I really like once or twice a week. It's going to help you build a habit of... Not every time I, I see something I like, I buy. Yeah. Now I also have the fortitude, the mental strength. I actually say, no, you know, I have a certain goal I want to meet. So maybe today I eat out, next two days I don't eat out. That's the very first thing. Analyze where you are financially. Pull up your bank statement. What is coming in? What's, com- what's going on every month? Let's see if we can cut out some, some expenses. Then the next thing also is to try to increase our income. And I think there are different ways we can do this through skills. People are in school getting their degree. So obviously using your degree to really create value in the workplace. We have many people today who have great degrees, but in their workplace, they cannot create as much value, you know, because they haven't really applied it. Because it's one thing to have a degree. It's another thing to really know what is going on in your field and think of ways to really create value in whatever firm you work with. And I think this is kind of the aspect where many people have challenges with, you know, how can I increase my income? Now we have many people do side hustles with TikTok. Many people do side hustles with working out and becoming fitness trainers. Some people trade today. Some people have freelance on the side. And these are all great options. I believe many professionals or even all professionals, even students should really look into to see, okay, how can they create more income for themselves? Definitely. I, I 100% agree with you. I think I would just piggyback off of what you said and just like summarize into thinking about like your mindset and attitude with money. Because yes, again, I, I don't think you can really necessarily rely on your salary 100% to become quote unquote wealthy because you don't really see that happening. People are just wealthy based off of salary, except maybe you're a CEO and somehow <laughs> you're able to get large percent of equity in the company people thinking about purchases as asset and liabilities obviously enjoy yourself because we are not just robots to just be like okay our mission is build wealth no but i definitely think that when you think about like purchases as asset and liabilities that way you're making more intentional purchases and that way you're not just, it's easier for you to have delayed gratification when there's a purpose behind it. As opposed to like, oh, I'm just having delayed gratification. But like, what is the purpose? What am I thinking of? Do I have a bigger goal? I definitely think that would totally help. 
I would also add that I think it's something that you mentioned in one of our last previous episodes where you talked about goal setting. I, I think that is something extremely underestimated because even when things are come and they sidetrack us, we're still able to be like, okay, now we have this shift. How can we maneuver this inconvenience to fit into our goal? For example, some people had like, you know, goals of becoming debt free at a certain amount of time. And unfortunately during COVID, some of them may have lost their jobs, but they're like, okay, I've lost this particular job. So I'm not able to maybe be as debt free as quickly as I anticipated. But if maybe I get like another job, I, I would be able to still survive and maybe go slower than I anticipated. But you're still on course for that goal. However, it's just maybe taking a little bit longer or taking a backseat, readjusting priorities and things like that. I think even if it's just putting your money on, in ETFs, and I feel like a lot of people have asked me like, hey, what are ETFs and what are these index funds and what type of index funds are there? So we might talk about it in the next episode. But I definitely think that these are tools for, for sure. Yeah. So I was watching this video and we're just talking about how, you know, smaller goals lead to bigger goals. Yeah. Has the, it's called the domino effect. Mm-hmm. Right. And what they did was that they started with a two inch domino and the next one was four inch. The, the next one was eight and it just kept going up. And once they flicked like the two inch one, it fell on the floor and just kept falling and falling. And what I thought about is just how, you know, setting small goals is what will lead you to your big goal. Many people will just wake up and say, okay, I want to set goals, make a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you're not, you cannot even send a hundred dollars to your brokerage, to an ETF. You cannot even self, you can't even deny yourself those small pleasures. That million is not going to come from anywhere. That's why I think we should all start with smaller goals. Maybe you send a hundred dollars every week, bi-weekly, monthly. Depends on your situation to your brokerage account, put that in an ETF. Maybe every week save a certain amount of your income for an emergency fund. Maybe start thinking about getting life disability insurance because these are the things people don't talk about. You yeah. know, life insurance, saving for an emergency fund. Look at what happened with COVID in 2020. So many people lost their jobs and they were really stuck. It's very, very important to have an emergency fund in case your source of income stops working out, you know, and all these goals, I believe we should have them written down because when you have a goal in your head, it's very, very different from when you actually write it down and maybe post it on your vision board or just put it somewhere that is very visible to you every single day. You know, that way, wherever you go out, whenever you come back in, you're focused that, okay, I've set this goal, you know, nothing's going to derail me. And if I get derailed at any point, I can always come back and continue, you know, work does not end. So just, you know, piggybacking on your point of setting goals and starting with small things first, because those small things are easier. If you just set a goal, I want to make a million dollars, where are you going to start from? Especially if it's not something you really thought about. But a small goal, like, okay, save $100 from my emergency fund a month. That might be something easier. Or deposit a certain amount to my brokerage account and buy maybe some Apple some SPY, some QQQ, you know, that might be an easier goal to start from. And from there, maybe you increase your deposits. Maybe you add another stream of income. You know, yeah. but to me, starting with small goals, things that you can achieve more readily, because it also does something for your psyche. It also does something yeah. for you. When you can set a goal and you can achieve it. Yeah. But when you set a goal, maybe a million, two million, and whatever you're trying to do is not working out, it's very easy to give up. 
Yeah, definitely. I hundred percent. I like that last point because it's almost like similar to like likes on Instagram. It's like a dopamine. Like, oh my gosh, I achieved this. It it does something for your brain and encourages you. The same thing like when you see people who are working out and keeping up with their fitness. When they see the uh, transformation in your bodies, it encourages them to even go hard at it and continue even more. So, hundred percent. I would say just be careful also of people that you listen to because some people are just out here giving, I wouldn't say necessarily like bad advice, but like incomplete advice, you know, <laughs> like that thing still like bothers me. Like, how can you tell someone that you're earning a hundred K? Yeah. And you're like, that's not money anymore. <laughs> I mean, you just remember that everybody on Twitter is worth like $10 million. Everyone has like 20 houses. A thousand percent of their trades. You know, that's social <laughs> Yeah, everyone on Twitter has like 50 side hustles. They're all entrepreneurs. They don't do nine to five. It's like, ew, what? You're still doing nine to five? That's everyone on Twitter is extremely successful. Yeah, 100%. Well, I do appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, We will be talking a little bit more about personal finance moving forward as well as the stock market. We haven't forgotten. Hold on in there. We know it's like... A turbulent journey, but soon it'll be it'll give you a lot of reward. So have a good one.